I'm Christian, and welcome to the Gemoir Leadership Podcast, a show where we talk about effective collaboration, influence, and leadership in an increasingly complex world. My interview partner is Dr. Dirk Schlimm. Dirk is an international leadership expert and the author of Influencing Powerful People. The purpose of this podcast is to share ideas and stimulate discussion, and it does not constitute professional advice of any kind. If such advice is needed, the services of a competent professional should be sought. The speakers, hosts, and Gemar International Incorporated are not to be held responsible for any use, misuse, or reuse of the content. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Gemar Leadership Podcast. In our last two episodes, we had Geotap founder and CEO Neil Cause as a special guest, and you absolutely want to check them out if you missed them. But today we're back with our regular format with leadership expert, Dr. Dirk Schlimm. Dirk, today we are asking the question, is this the end of management theory as we know it? The prompt for this question comes from the unfolding of Elon Musk's overhaul of Twitter, which continues to attract a lot of attention. Mr. Musk Musk acted very quickly after taking the helm at the social media network. And in the process, he went against much of what would be considered best practice when it comes in when someone comes in as a new boss. Dirk, maybe you could start by telling us what happened here. Yeah, uh, Christian, Elon Musk's entry at Twitter has uh, ignited a bit of a firestorm, of course, at Twitter itself, uh, but also in the social media and business world more broadly. And it has been heavily commented upon in the business media around the world. This includes the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times, in the US and and other business publication, of course. And for example, uh, Der Spiegel, which is a a German publication, and and even the South China Morning Post, (laughs) and even our friend Bartleby from The Economist in the UK devoted a column uh, to the goings on at Twitter. Ah, yes, Bartleby the Scrivener. We met him in our episode on better brainstorming. That was episode five of, of season one here on the Jamar Leadership Podcast. So if you missed that, check that out. So do the Wall Street Journal, the South China Morning Post, Bartleby, do what do all these journals and articles have to say about Elon Musk at Twitter? Well, first of all, there is both a criticism and admiration of uh, Mr. Musk and, and really everything uh, in between, uh, both in, in, in general and in his uh, approach to twi- Twitter in uh, particular. And, and this is not surprising at all, especially as uh, um, the publication from outside North America, they see him from their own uh, cultural vantage point. Uh, and there's also some very uh, specific advice, actually, as to uh, what Mr. Musk should do. Uh, Wall Street Journal had, a, had an op-ed please, uh, that, that had a, a six-point plan uh, for, for what he should do uh, at Twitter. But what I was most intrigued by, and actually both in uh, the Wall Street Journal and Bartleby, uh, they took the opportunity to comment quite pointedly, and I might say with some uh, delight, that, that Mr. Musk's Swiss action at Twitter stands in contrast to what would be considered uh, best practice in a situation like this 
by management uh, experts. And and reading this, I I get the impression that they do not mind a bit of challenge to uh, the accepted wisdom of of management pundits or thought leaders, as we would say uh, today. And maybe that even uh, Mr. Musk might just prove them or some of their uh, generally accepted advice wrong. Okay, that's fascinating. So, Dirk, maybe tell us a bit more. What has Elon Musk been doing at Twitter that invited all this comment discussion and even scrutiny? Yeah. So, so after cl- closing the forty-four billion dollar takeover, um, Mr. Musk acted very, very quickly. He fired many of the company's top leaders, including the chief executive of- executive officer, uh, the chief financial officer, and the general counsel. He he also enacted uh, sweeping layoffs, affecting almost half of uh, Twitter's workforce, and he ordered all remaining employees back to the office for at least 40 hours uh, a week. And and he also made some immediate changes to product configuration and pricing. Okay. Again, very interesting, Dirk. Those are massive changes indeed. And if our listeners are also on Twitter, they might have seen some of the, the memes and comments and headlines that are coming out of this. Now, though, getting back to our topic, You say that all of this, what you just described, goes against common management practice. What do you mean by that? Yeah, both both the Wall Street Journal and uh, Bartleby point out that quite often uh, new leaders will spend their first 90 days getting to know uh, their new companies, listen to employees, listen to leaders, listen to customers, and then think carefully about changes they might want to make. And so that's why they see Mr. Musk's swift action as going against the grain of of those generally accepted management principles. Right. Maybe not as much listening and more letting people go. But Dirk, let's unpack that. You said this is, people are saying, I suppose, that this is going against the grain of generally accepted principles. Is it really? Yeah, well, in some sense, yes. So, for example, in one of our previous episodes, we we talked about Starbucks. And Starbucks also announced the appointment of a new CEO that was back in in September. But here, the board asked the previous CEO and founder, Howard Schultz, to stay for another six months so that the new CEO, Mr. Narasinhan, can get up to speed on the company and its culture. And so you can see a very different approach there. Yes, very, very different indeed. So, Dirk, is Elon Musk here rewriting the rules of management? Yeah, so so that's exactly what what uh, uh, some of the commentators are saying. And Bartleby even thinks that there may be a need uh, for an update to the MBA curriculums at, at business school, assuming, of course, uh, that Mr. Musk's approach will be uh, successful, which at least for now remains to be uh, seen. Things are changing uh, very quickly at Twitter, as we know, and even by the time this uh, episode airs, we will already know a lot more. So, Dirk, you're our leadership expert here today. What do you think? Do you, you think we need to rewrite the rules of management? Well, I think I would start by saying that Elon Musk is what we would call a larger than life character. And so he takes certain entrepreneurial traits to an extreme. So those are things like thinking quickly and acting decisively. Those are often well-known traits of an entrepreneur. But but even beyond that, uh, Elon Musk would hardly be the first person who acts quickly and decisively when taking over 
uh, a company. I have seen this with private equity who implement a playbook very quickly after taking over uh, a company. Often they're familiar with the industry and they've had due diligence. And so they formed an opinion on the, the, the managers who are currently running the company. And they would have come up with a plan even prior to taking over uh, the company. So, so they may not need six months to make changes. Right. So acting quickly and decisively after taking charge may be a good thing after all. Well, so Christian, that's that's exactly uh, the question, and mm-hmm. and and so what bothers me then a little bit when I read about uh, Elon Musk supposedly upending conventional management wisdom, it's is really the fact that much of this depends on the context and the approach you take depends on the situation and the people uh, involved, and so there may be situations where a very thoughtful approach like they're taking at Starbucks, is absolutely the right way to go. And then in other instances, a situation may require much faster much faster action. And so it's not really one or the other. It depends on the reality you are facing and also the temperament, the track record, track record and so on of the people involved. Okay, Dirk, I hear what you're saying. Different situations require different responses, but we're sitting here, we're trying to learn. Do you think if we just needed a starting point, should we start learning from Elon Musk or should we start learning from Starbucks? Well, Christian, I think we can always learn something, especially from a high profile situation. And a person like Elon Musk or a company like Starbucks um, is certainly can both teach us uh, something. But again, we must be careful to translate this properly into our circumstances. So for example, uh, Mr. Musk is not just the, the boss of Twitter or the boss of Twitter, he's also uh, the owner, but he's also the boss of some other companies as well. So, so, so he's in a, in a very different situation than professional management of a publicly traded uh, company uh, where, where they do have to worry about uh, their board. And, and, and so they have bosses in that sense. And, and also he has access to trusted expert advisors who know him and who have been through these types of high stakes situations with him before with, with all of his other, um, other, other ventures. And, and so if any of us were to take a new job, even as a CEO, we, we may not have this track record. We may not have access to those kind of, kind of advisors. And so, so we have to factor all of this in when we would be thinking about what would be our approach. Right, Dirk, I hear you. So let me ask it in a way that makes it more practical, just really digging in. We have all these factors and things to consider, but when the rubber meets the road, what should a new boss do? In other words, when a new boss shows up on a Monday morning, what exactly should they be leaning towards? Should they be leaning towards making changes quickly, or should they rather be leaning towards the idea of taking their time? What should be the general direction? Yeah, Christian, so appreciate that you're trying to pin me pin me down here uh, a little bit. And so so let me maybe the best thing is I, I talk about my my own uh, my yeah. own experience rather yeah. than maybe maybe the theory of it all. And and so I've had the opportunity to work with executives in this situation and, and also provide a coaching for them. And this included uh, situations where the person took over as uh, the CEO, for example, for the first time in their in their career. So that was a very significant step uh, for them. Uh, 
um, I've worked in a situation where they were uh, the leader of a particular uh, business unit, but but also with the CEO who, who was the CEO of the entire uh, of the entire uh, company. And and so, uh, based on what I've seen, and and absent any very specific uh, circumstances, I think the the first step is to understand what is. Uh, expected to do my bosses. And again, that could be executive management, that could be corporate headquarters, uh, that could be the board. Do they want me to act quickly or do they want me to take a more thoughtful uh, approach? And in the cases, in the cases that I've been involved, it was mostly the latter. The 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 the, the bosses uh, or the board wanted that more thoughtful uh, approach. And and so I think it would not make much sense to push for very quick changes, especially not within a couple of days when your boss wants you to understand the situation first, wants you to talk to uh, key people inside and outside the company, and wants you to come up with a with a plan. And and because they will want answers, uh, not just what are you doing, but why are you doing this? Why are you making these changes? Or why are you not making changes? And so presenting that plan and having looked at some options uh, for change just requires some time to, to figure things out. Thanks, Dirk. And examples from your own experience are always very helpful, making things practical. But why don't we drill into that a bit more? You mentioned changes that were to be made or considering being made. What kind of changes were you considering or are we talking about here right now? Yeah, and, and, and so some of the key questions, if not the initial most important key question, would be whether you have the right leadership team or whether you have some question marks there. So you uh, then once, once you have that, you want to uh, really develop a good plan. And as we discussed before, uh, the plan is not just what helps you uh, go about things in a, in a methodical kind of way. It also shows confidence as a leader. And, and again, you need to show that confidence to uh, the people who are looking at you now as a new boss. You also need that plan for your board or for corporate headquarters. And, and so you may even uh, need that for uh, customers and investors. So it depends on the kind of job you have and the size of job you have. So, so having a plan and being able to articulate that plan would be the next most, uh, uh, most important thing after building, uh, building the, the, the right team. And then depending on where you are and the situation that you are encountering, you may also want to enact some cultural changes. And so I've worked with, with uh, one CEO where we actually worked together to change the, the value statement of, of the company to signal a certain departure and a new approach on, on, on how things are done. Uh, but again, we, we took our time uh, thinking about this. Right, Dirk. Thank you for that. So as we've been talking, it seems like we sort of have two streams forming here. On the one side, we have uh, Starbucks, we identified the traditional approach, I think we can call it, where take your time, make plans, think about things, implement it uh, carefully. Then on the other side, we identified Elon Musk with Twitter, the larger-than-life entrepreneur, perhaps following your gut, shooting from the hip, uh, making decisions right away. It seems the way you described your own experience and thought pattern that you're more in line with the former, more traditional approach. Is that sounding right? Yeah, well, Christian, that, that's really the, the the question here again. And and 
Bartleby, for example, uh, does say that while the jury is still out on Mr. Musk's success at, at Twitter, again, he, he's saying uh, that the, the management teaching in the MBA programs at business schools around the world, supposedly, uh, does need uh, an update. So, so he's leaning that way, but, but I actually don't think that's necessarily so. Okay, so why not? Well, I think the debate of one management style being superior to another is a bit um, overblown. And, and I think it's just as much about deciding uh, which is the, uh, the right one, realizing that people, situation, and cultural uh, contexts are different. And that really is what uh, we mentioned before. And that's really what I want to come uh, back to. So again, for example, there may be circumstances where the business that the new boss has taken over is in such great trouble that the new boss has no other choice than to act quickly and to make radical uh, changes. And, and some of the business books that talk about the first 90 days clearly make that distinction between different business circumstances requiring uh, different different approaches. And, and so I think the real danger, in my opinion, is not so much one approach or the other, but is to have that one size fits all uh, approach and to use that approach in every uh, circumstance. And, and so I think much rather you need to have a, a repertoire and the ability to judge what approach is needed, even if it's outside your comfort zone, comfort zone and normal way of, of operating. And so, especially if a new boss is taking on a bigger role for the first time, deciding the right approach can be a really good challenge and an opportunity for, for personal growth. But, but even if you are the serial entrepreneur or private equity uh, CEO, you may want to consider a few options before uh, jumping in. So the question is, is my tried and tested playbook the right one uh, for the situation in, in front of me? And um, the, the one thing that I also think is, is, is always a good idea is to run your plan by someone and test the rigor of your, your thinking. It is, is it's one thing to take a risk, but it's another to just uh, rush in. And, and on the flip side, it's also one thing to collect information, but then keep hesitating and never make the decision that needs to be made. Dirk, that makes so much sense. And I think there is also a huge difference whether or not the new CEO comes from inside the company or from the industry or the type of situation that they are brought into, it all makes a difference. Whether you're being asked to manage a turnaround or scale up a startup, there's all these factors influencing everything you just described and perhaps people's different perspectives on these questions. Yeah, Christian, and, and that's exactly uh, uh, the point. And, and so I would say, no matter where you are, you need a strong and committed leadership team. You need a clear and compelling strategy. Uh, you need a plan that people can follow and you need decisions that are in sync with that plan, even if they're hard decisions. So, so in that sense, uh, things like focus, accountability, discipline, they, know, they never go out of style. Okay, Dirk, that's uh, something I think we should all remember. Take a note of that. Uh, the discipline can never go out of style. I think that applies all over the board. But let me just summarize a bit of what I'm hearing here. So the end of management as we know it has not arrived after all. That's my key takeaway. Different approaches for, uh, to running companies have 
always been around and depending on the context and situation, they can be equally needed and successful. So before you imitate or adopt, you want to be sure that it could be work for what your company does, the situation that it is in and who you are as a leader. But also, you want to be aware that your reality may require you to step out of your comfort zone and normal mode of operating. Especially when you are a manager who is taking on responsibility, you might have to broaden your management repertoire. In these situations, it, al- it is always good to perhaps run your plans and ideas by someone who could both challenge and reassure you. Confidence is an important commodity in management and leadership, but you want to be sure that your confidence is built on solid ground. And while larger-than-life people and iconic companies do offer great lessons, we must remember that what works for them does not necessarily work for us. They can give us good ideas, but they rarely offer a blueprint that could be imported as one-to-one sort of deals. So, Dirk, having just said all that, that was a few points. Does it make sense? Am I capturing the sense of what you're getting at here? Yeah, Christian, it does make a lot of sense. And again, thanks for capturing it the way you did. Wonderful, Dirk. So again, the end of management as we know it has not arrived. Rather, there are different and sometimes novel approaches to management. And like every other discipline, innovation in management is ongoing. As a manager, it is good to be aware of these changes and constantly ask how we could be better in our situations knowing. However, what is new is not always what is better, or at least not better for us and where we are. Well, Christian, that's very well put. Thanks a lot for that. Well, thank you so much, Dirk. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have together today on the Gemoir Leadership Podcast. We're so glad that you could join us again this week. Again, if you missed the last couple of weeks we had on Neil Cause, those were fantastic episodes. Check them out. And of course, look forward to us in two weeks time when we'll be back with another episode on the podcast. But until then, take care.